Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another episode of WRSP Radio's Weekend Sports Huddle with Tom Pollan, Hunter Hodes. I'm Dave Holcomb, back in the host chair. It's week 15 in the NFL. We'll have a full preview for you, especially on tonight's games. Bears will start the weekend of week 15. We've already had one game on Thursday night, but the Bears and Lions will be in action today. I love Saturday NFL games. It's uh, just a great time of year to get some a, a little extra football on on uh, national TV. So the Bears and Lions will be playing at 4:30 today. A big matchup in the AFC West tonight: Chiefs and Chargers. Um, we'll get into all everything Week 15 in the NFL. We'll also have Nacho Thomas predicts and the real deal, real deal or overreaction. Of course, December doesn't mean just NFL football and bowl games. We also have uh, baseball offseason, and it's, and it's the time of year for another uh, Baseball Hall of Fame debate. We've had a couple guys over the last week get into the Hall of Fame. We're, gonna, we're going to uh, discuss their candidacies. Uh, Alan Trammell and Jack Boris, both from Detroit, were drafted together by the Tigers. They were elected into the Hall through the Modern Baseball Era Committee. So we will d- discuss both of their careers in a little bit. But let me introduce my co-host now, uh, Tom Pollan out in Chicago. Tom, how are you doing this morning? Hey, doing outstanding. Having a great day, great morning here in Chicago, all ready to go. Well, that's great to hear. Oh, yeah, always. Are, are you know, pre-gaming it, for uh, the Bears game today? Oh, of course. You know, we're <laughs> ready. We're ready here in Chicago. Mitch Trubisky had a big game last week. Um, we're looking towards the playoffs. Oh, hold it, hold it, hold it. We're we're eliminated from the playoffs. I'm sorry. <laughs> no playoff drive this year. So, but yeah, you know, game against the Lions, it's always fun. So we're looking forward to it. At least the Bears aren't the butt of every Tony Romo joke when he says that, oh, wait, the Browns aren't going to the playoffs this year? Yes, that's true. You got he, it. He, He's yeah, made that joke a few times, and and I've laughed every time. There's always the Cleveland Browns. So. Right, yes. <laughs> and the Bears play the Browns in a couple of weeks, so that, that should yes, be Yes, they do. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, uh, And, of course, my other co-host, Hunter Hodes. Hunter, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm, I'll be leaving Blacksburg in a few days once the exam season is done, and then I'll be free for about a month. So I'm excited. So are, uh, have you taken your last exam, or do you have one left? One left on Monday. I'll, I'll be, on Monday, okay. Uh, so, yeah, then I leave on Tuesday. Is this exam in uh, Baseball Hall of Fame uh, inductions yeah. uh, history <laughs> or Week 15 recap? Is, is Are either of those your exam on Monday? Uh, my, my week 14, uh, Nasha Thomas, actually. It's how bad I was last week. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I, I'm going to st- 
I'm going to start running a uh, a class for for Hunter, you know, big every semester and uh, teach sports history 101, and and we're going to get Hunter up to speed on a lot of this stuff. Uh, <laughs> can, can I enroll as well, or can I be a teacher? Hey, anytime you you got it, anybody. Um, you know, I'm easy. I'm not cheap. So, but you know, you guys, you guys can definitely enroll. Perfect. Yes, I would love to. Uh, but let's let's get this show rolling. Modern history today on uh, Weekend Sports Huddle. We want to make you a part of the show. Give us a call five one six three eight seven one four one seven. You can also tweet at us at WKD Sports Huddle. Today's show is brought to you by author Marcos Accio. Learn the secret of the human mind and the laws of the universe that will guide you towards wealth and health. Learn more at www.marcosaccio.com. The big headline for Week 15, it's it's not the Bears game. It's not even really the Chiefs-Chargers game, guys. It's, it's a matchup we've been waiting for all season, it seems like. Steelers and Patriots, it's finally upon us. New England will visit Heinz Field this weekend. Pittsburgh rolls in at 11-2 and after uh, another narrow victory last week against rival Baltimore. They have an eight-game winning streak. New England would have had an even longer winning streak, but they lost Monday night against their rival, the Miami Dolphins, in a game that surprised everybody, including you guys. Um, and uh, now, Don't rub it in. <laughs> yeah, come on. We I wasn't going to say anything other than it surprised you. That's all I was going to say. Uh, so New England's at 10-3, and three, uh, but they will move back into first place in the AFC with a victory in Pittsburgh. The Steelers would clinch a first-round bye with the win, and they would clinch home field advantage with a win and a Jaguars loss. Uh, so a lot on the line this weekend at Heinz Field, but I think some Steeler fans got to be a little bit uh, just concerned because of the history of this rivalry, the history of this series. Recent history has been in favor of New England. Hunter, what reasons are there to be optimistic if you're a Steelers fan? Why will this matchup with New England be different? This, 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 these two teams, it's almost like you could compare them to like the Capitals and the Penguins in hockey. One team just, uh, it's just been an ownage for years. And the Steelers have only beaten them, like you said, since 2011. But this is the first year that the Steelers have everyone healthy on offense, assuming Juju Smith-Schuster plays as he's questionable. It looks like he tweaked something. Last year in the AFC Championship, outside of Antonio Brown, they were starting Eli Rogers, Kobe Hamilton, and just a bunch of backups outside of Antonio Brown. That's not going to work. And Le'Veon Bell got hurt during the game, and he was actually hurt well before that. So I'm not making excuses. I was just saying, you know, they weren't fully healthy. Other than you're making excuses. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) I was just just saying they were not fully healthy. But this year with the (laughs) offense that they have – I think they can outscore them, and they've been they whoop they put up 38 on the Ravens, they put up 40 on the Titans. They've been they've been the offense. It started out slow, but it has been a lot better. I think if they can get into a shootout with them, I think that that it it leans in their favor with the offense that they have. Um, Malcolm Butler has been torched by Antonio Brown ever since he just covers him. Antonio Brown just gets open. It's it really isn't fair. Um, well, Brown gets always, open against everybody. 
Yeah, I mean, be, yeah, I the mean, only people that could shut him down is like Sherman. I mean, he's the best in the league. That's that's all there is to it. Yeah. Right. Don't t- don't tell that to Falcons fans, guys. They'll get mad. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Falcons fans down here have been touchy when I said Antonio Brown's the best receiver. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever. They're wrong. This, this, yeah, they're wrong. <laughs> Julio Jones but, um, could be a very close, a very close second. Yes, yes, of course. Uh, um, for New England, I think Tom Brady's going to get his stuff. Um, he always does. He's the best quarterback. He's the GOAT. Um, well, he could be the GOAT. Um, I don't trust our defense. Um, I never have against him. Um, but they're going to need to get some pressure, pressure up the middle. You need to make Tom Brady feel uncomfortable. That means Cam Hayward, step on to it, up the middle, blitz their offensive linemen. Um, you, even rushes around the edges. T.J. Watt needs to get some pressure. Um, this could be a game where hopefully James Harrison gets a lot of snaps. He needs to get some pressure. The Dolphins got a lot of pressure, and they disrupted him. Uh, if Joe Hayden plays, and he's questionable, it's not, he's, it's not, he said he's a game-time decision, the secondary gets a massive boost this week. Yeah. Guys. yeah. He's, he's just been outstanding. Um, I'm not confident going into this game. I never am with the Patriots, but – if they can get into a shootout with them, I, I would favor the Steelers because Ben Roethlisberger is playing the best football um, of of the season right now, and Antonio Brown is a, actually a really big MVP candidate, if you ask me. So um, mm-hmm. I think it's one of the rare times where if you win the toss, you take the ball. Um, the best way to beat Tom Brady is to keep him off the field, control the clock, milk it. Um, that's what they did in the last game. So I think that's what you got to do here too. Well, I agree with you. It, they, it would favor them if they can get into a shootout, but actually I'm not sure if they can win any other way right now, especially against New England, other than a shootout. Tom, Tom, can you see the page? Uh, can you see the Steelers winning a, a defensive struggle at Heinz field, the way their defense has, has played the last few weeks? Is there any other way that Pittsburgh wins this game other than scoring 30, 35 points. Well, can they get a loaner on Jay Cutler for a week? <laughs> uh, Cutler put up three touchdowns and 112.1 passer rating last week. So, now, you know, Hunter actually hit the nail on the head. Um, and you saw it last the Super Bowl uh, against Atlanta. You saw it last week against uh, Miami. If you can get pressure on Brady, uh, force him out of his rhythm, force him to throw the ball maybe a beat before he wants to, a beat after he wants to, uh, you know, make him move a little bit in the pocket. That's where you run. That's where Tom Brady runs into problems. That's when he starts looking like a 40 year old quarterback. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the Miami forced him to do that. He only had a 59.5 passer rating last week, you know, which, which is ridiculous. That's about 50 points down from where Tom Brady usually is. Uh, right. You have to be able to keep, you know, keep him, uh, keep him wondering where the rush is coming from. Keep him hearing mm-hmm. footsteps. You also got to shut down the run game. If you can shut down the run game, it's going to be harder this week because isn't Gronkowski back this week? Yes, he is. Yes, yeah, he is. so so it's going to be tougher to shut down that run game, uh, and you're gonna, you know, you got to cover the seam against Gronkowski, but the the Dolphins were able to keep uh, Deion Lewis to 17 yards. I mean, the Dolph, uh, Patriots only gained 25 yards all game. So, 
you know, these are the things that the Steelers have to be able to do. No, you're not going to win a shootout with Tom Brady, but but if your defense is on the ball, yeah, you you can beat the Patriots. I guess my big concerns uh, for the Steelers, and, and Hunter makes a great point about Joe Hayden coming back. If Joe Hayden can come back and play close to his the level he played before his injury, then I, I'm looking at this game completely differently. But the other thing that I think that Miami did so well was they there was no Gronkowski in that game. And then they locked up man-to-man on every receiver across the board. Xavier Howard played a fantastic game. I think he covered Brandon Cooks most of the night. He had two interceptions of Brady in that game. Who's that guy for the Steelers? If Hayden is, is less than 100% or if Hayden doesn't play, Hunter, who is that guy that can be the shutdown cornerback that, that allows the rush to get to Brady? And also, now you also have to man up against Rob Gronkowski in this one, too. I mean, it's not going to be Artie Burns. I, I can tell you that right now. Um, there's Cameron Sutton. If he doesn't, he, he, he's a rookie out of uh, Tennessee. Um, he, I don't think he could be that guy though. Um, Mike Hilton has had an awesome year. Um, outside of Joe Hayden, I think he's the best corner on the team. Um, oh yeah, he, yeah. He's yeah. His corner blitzes are something to behold. I, I, know, I don't know if you've just seen them. He, he comes in hot, and I, I hope they do that at least a couple times. Um, against Brady, but um, if, if he can, I think he can definitely lock down the uh, the slot because that's where he usually plays. Um, uh, Sean Davis on Rob Gronkowski is going to be something. Um, I'm hoping Davis can have a much better game. He was awful. That was the worst game I've ever seen Sean Davis play um, for for the Steelers because um, he, he's been a, a bright spot I think for his first couple seasons. But not that game. That was that was a struggle. And uh, Tom made the point, you have to shut down the running game. I completely agree. Well, the Steelers really mm-hmm. struggled against Alex Collins and the Ravens without Ryan Chazier last week. And Chazier not coming back this season. Hopefully yeah. he walks again in his life uh, and can play football again at some point. But it won't be this year. And that's a big loss for the Steelers as well. In the, in the oh, that's event. huge. That, that, yeah. That's huge. That, that's going to make a big difference against the Patriots. Well, it's going to make a big difference against everybody going down the stretch, not having Shazier. You know, the he's the guy who makes the defense tick, and it's it's going to be rough. Yeah, I, I love this. I, I'm really looking forward to this game. I think everybody is, I, but I can't help but feel it is a little bit overhyped, guys. I know I'm probably the only person that feels that way. Um, yeah, I, I'm. I'm I just feel like it's being billed as the Super Bowl, and I expect the Steelers to lose, and I expect to hear all of the, oh, we're not going to win it. Oh, we can't match up against New England. We're not going to win the Super Bowl this year. All the, that reaction on Monday morning. And my message to Steeler fans, the Super Bowl is not this weekend. You know, whether they win, don't overreact and say that, oh, they're going to win the Super Bowl, or, or and, and don't go the other way and say that, you know, if, if they lose, it's, it's hopeless. The season is over. Um, it, it, it's for the number one seed. It's for home field advantage. It's, it's, it's an important game. But I've heard articles that – I've read things, that even at Sports Illustrated, that uh, this game is – like Ben Roethlisberger's legacy is almost on the line in this game. It, it's completely absurd with, with the importance that some people are placing on this game. Again, it's going to be a highly entertaining one, but – 
I, I, I don't – the Super Bowl – again, the Super Bowl is not this weekend. And I, I think the other reason why I, I feel like it's being overhyped, guys, the AFC, there are other contenders now other than just the Steelers and Patriots. Jaguars are, are much improved. Serious contenders, I think. Chargers are a hot team. Seems like a hot team – gets into the Super Bowl or makes a deep run every year in the NFL now. Could it be the Chargers this year? Ravens almost pulled out a really impressive victory last week. They always are a dangerous team come playoff time. I don't think it's just a two-team race anymore. So to say that, oh, the winner of this game is going to host the AFC Championship against the the other team that they're playing against to, uh, on Sunday, I think is, is very premature. There are other teams involved, and, and uh, maybe neither of these teams – Steelers and Patriots make the AFC championship. You never know. Well, that, that's uh, possible because, I mean, you're, you're looking at a Chargers team where, and I think right now the Chargers might have the best run out of all the teams you mentioned, Dave. I, Jacksonville has a top – I think Jacksonville has a Super Bowl defense right now. Uh, yeah. But I don't know if I would ever trust Blake Bortles. Uh, never. But, He's been better the last two weeks. All jokes aside, he's been a much better quarterback the last two weeks. Can he continue it? I don't know, but he's right. improving. He's trending in the right direction. Yes, he is. But, yeah. you know, Baltimore, you've got Joe Flacco, who hasn't played well all year, Baltimore's offense. Baltimore has a Super Bowl defense, I believe. So, you yes. know, you get two Super Bowl defenses, but can their offenses come through? Uh the Chargers have a, a tough defense now with Joey Bosa. Uh, and you yeah, know, Philip Rivers is playing outstanding. So I, I like the way, actually, the way the Chargers are starting to shape up as they head into the stretch. Oh, man, oh, Tom, Tom, how much do you have to see of the Chargers to know that they do the same thing? Haven't you seen them? I, oh, it's just, I, I'm waiting for it to come. <laughs> I'm waiting for it to come to have the same old Chargers because they do it almost every year, and it's one of the best reality shows. I think <laughs> they are a great team. I love Phillip Rivers. I love their defense. But at the end of the day, they're the Chargers, and they're, they're like they're kind of like the Lions of the NFC. They 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 choke. They know how to choke. It's um, it, it's. Well, I mean. They may get in the playoffs. It's going to be an awesome game tonight. But oh, it's they're, just, they're, they're going to get into the playoffs and, and they're going to get into the playoffs and, and host a playoff game at uh, their twenty-seven thousand seat stadium. Oh man, I'm not ready to see that. Yeah, I can't see that. <laughs> yeah, their little minor league stadium. I know. <laughs> and then, and then you got the Jaguars. I mean, yes. Don't get me wrong, great defense. Jalen Ramsey's awesome. But like Tom said, oh, I can't get behind Blake Bortles. And I know he's played well. He played well against the Seahawks. He played well the week before. He probably will play well against the Texans. But I just, in a big game, would I trust Blake Bortles to win me a playoff game? Absolutely not. Not even close. Well, and we've never that, seen him in a playoff game, so we have no idea. I really. know. Exactly. <laughs> I, mean, I was just you know, saying in a big game. Okay. I, I, I would I, not I, trust him to win the playoff game. You know, I don't know how much you know about your Steelers history, but early in Terry Bradshaw's career, he was bad. He was 
awful. Number one pick overall. He was terrible early in his career. And even the year they won their first Super Bowl, he was benched multiple times. Came on, played well during the Super Bowl run. At least well enough to help the defense and, and the running game win the Super Bowl. I think it's a pretty fair comparison to say that Blake Bortles is, is on a similar trajectory. I'm not saying he's going to be a Hall of Fame player, but if oh, he, yeah. he, he, his, the beginning of his career has been similar. And now he is with a, a team that is somewhat similar to the forming of that Steelers team in the early 70s. They have a dominant defense, a great running game. If he can just manage the game, they can, they've already won at Heinz Field, and they blew out the Steelers. I mean, wh- what other proof really do you need? Okay. I mean, it wasn't a huge I, game. It was in October, but you won that game. Okay, yeah, I, I understand. That was also – that was Ben Roethlisberger's worst game of his career. I, would, <laughs> I will say it right now. If they come to Heinz Field again, Pittsburgh beats them, and I will say that. Take it to the bank. Okay. Okay. I think I think it'll be. Oh my It would be a very interesting rematch. I'm looking forward to Jacksonville playing yeah, Pittsburgh yeah. Or, or New England in the playoffs. I think their defense. Yeah. They they have one of the best pass defenses I've ever seen. It's way ahead. Yeah. It's much better than. There's a lot of good defenses this year, but their defense is is the best pass defense by far in the league. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah, they, yeah. They, how much credit do you give that to Tom Coughlin taking over? Uh, as general manager, bringing in Doug Marone. It, it seems like that team looks just completely different. Did a 180-degree turn ever since those two have come in. I, I think I would give most of the credit to Doug Marone because uh, he came in as the interim at the end of last season. It seemed like even in two games, there was a different attitude with this team at the end of last season. Uh, Blake Bortles played a little better under Marone in, in two games last year. Uh, but, but Coughlin has set the tone and made some really smart moves, uh, bringing in A.J. Boye to play opposite of Jalen Ramsey, Barry Church in the secondary as well. Uh, Calais Campbell has been a huge addition. And drafting Leonard Fournette, I know that was kind of a no-brainer, but it, it, it went right along with the philosophy that Tom Coughlin and Doug Marone wanted to establish there. And I guess i got to give a shout-out to Syracuse. You know, Coughlin and Marone are both Syracuse guys. <laughs> Oh, for crying out loud. Oh, God. <laughs> all right. All right. There we well, go. Right, Time for the next everybody. segment. All right. Well, before oh. we hit a commercial, uh, let's talk Bears just briefly. Uh, maybe the high watermark last week, beating the Bengals, best offensive game of the season. What can we look for as uh, the Bears take on the Lions tonight, Tom? Super Bowl. Well, <laughs> not quite. But, you know, that's the thing. The Bears went back to rushing uh, uh, Jordan Howard between the tackles, which is where he's at his best. Uh, gained 147 yards last week. But they gave him, t- finally took the handcuffs off of Mitch Trubisky. It, it looked like a completely different different set of coaches was doing the game planning because, you know, it, it looked like the plays had a purpose. Uh, instead of, you know, run, run, throw, you know, one, two, three, one, two, three, and, you know, then kick, um, you know, it looked like the plays had a perfect, they used Cohen effectively. 
as I say, didn't try and stretch out Jordan Howard toward the sideline, which is what they had done, you know, their previous game against the 49ers, kept trying to get him to the sidelines. He's not that fast. So, and, uh, Kendall Wright, Kendall Wright caught 10 balls for 107 yards last week. So keep looking for Kendall Wright. Um, (laughs) Kendall, you know, but that's the thing, you know, you're going to get your chances against Detroit. You you can run against Detroit. And if the bears are running, they can set up a lot of different uh, things in the passing game. Now Detroit is looking for looking to keep their uh, playoff hopes alive. So, you know, Detroit's going to be tough too. Yeah, but just think of it this way, Tom. You only have three more weeks left of John Fox. Then Bears Nation can go celebrate and put up a parade. Yeah, you can finally retire the uh, Firefox signs and and uh, <laughs> and look forward to a new coaching staff next week, uh, next year. Mm-hmm. Well, that's um, the thing. Look at- you know, Ryan Pace has tied his career to, to Mitch Trubisky. And mm-hmm. Fox and Dow Loggins have shown this year that they are not capable of developing a quarterback. Mm-hmm. So, so if you give Fox a quarterback who's established in the league, yeah, he can win with him. But you're not going to give Fox a, a young quarterback and say, okay, develop this guy. So Mitch Trubisky needs somebody who's going to be able to work with him, teach him how to read defenses, teach him how to go through his progressions and, uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing who the Bears bring in. Yeah, I am too. I would imagine they're going to look for, I think I've said it before, the next Sean McVay. He's done a great job uh, in Los Angeles developing Jared Goff. We all laughed when he was hired because he's only 31 years old. He's barely older than Hunter. And uh, <laughs> he's, done, he's done, an excellent, done an excellent job in uh, Los Angeles. So I don't know if there is another Sean McVay, but I'm sure we will, you know, bears are going to be looking for him and we're going to look for him too over the next few weeks before we get to black Monday, but we got to hit a commercial here on weekend sports huddle. The new star Wars movies out guys. So your names have officially changed in the Nostradamus predicts segment. You are now Luke, Tom, and I think that makes you Ray Hunter. Nostradamus predicts (laughs) is coming up next. Oh, Friday Night Music Productions is calling all musicians out there to join us for a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, an event to beat the Guinness World Record for the largest rock band playing one song in the same place and time, and we want you to join us. For more information and to register, visit us at www.fridaynightmusicproductions.com. Do you have a business, large or small, and you need some marketing help? Then RSP Marketing Services is the marketing firm you need, offering a wide variety of marketing services and consultations. RSP Marketing Services can build you a professional website, produce video or radio commercials, draft and distribute press releases, create printed marketing items such as business cards, flyers, signs, etc., manage your social media, and so much more. RSP Marketing Services offers an a la carte selection of marketing tools, so you only buy what you need. Our team of professional graphic artists can create stunningly professional marketing materials tailored just for you. See our website, www.rspmarketingservices.com, for more information. That's 
www.rspmarketingservices.com. Welcome back to WRSP Radio's Weekend Sports Huddle with Tom Paul and Hunter Hodes. I'm Dave Holcomb. Today's show is brought to you by author Marcus Accio. Learn the secret of the human mind and the laws of the universe that will guide you towards wealth and health. Learn more at www.marcosaccio.com. We're going to go into Nasha Thomas Predicts now, so Tom and Hunter have their picks. But if you want to make a prediction as well, give us a call, 516-387-1417. And you know what? I think we have a caller right now, guys. Do we? Okay. Caller, you're on the air. Uh, How you doing today? Hello? Hello? Yeah. Yeah. You're on the air. Hello. How are you? Can you hear me? Yep. We got you. Yep. Yeah. You're on Weekend Sports Huddle. What would you like to talk? Uh, he hung up. So, eh, maybe wrong wrong number, guys? I don't know. Hard to say. Uh, <laughs> sounded like he wanted uh, to be part of the show, but, uh, you know, it's unfortunate. It's too bad that we weren't able to, you know, because I could hear him. So, I, I kept hoping that he would uh, he would move forward with it. Well, but, if you're uh, listening, connection with that. if you're listening, caller, give us give us a call back. We could hear, hear yes, you. Please. Hopefully, you can hear us five one six three eight seven one four one seven. But Tom, I'll give you the mic. I want to hear you well, and Hunter's predictions. Well, I'm yeah. I'm going to let the uh, Jedi Apprentice Ray go first. So so I'm not. Don't call me that. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so so Jedi Jedi Apprentice. What's your first game? Oh, uh, all right here. Yeah. Um, I got my first game, guys. Take the Falcons minus six over the box. Um, I think this one. I'm. I say, <laughs> say this all the time. This is an easy pick. Tampa has been a mess this season. It's not going to get any better. Jameis Winston is still banged up, and now they have to play the Falcons, who are <clears throat> not only in the wild card hunt have a chance to win the NFC South as that has been the best division in football all this season. Um, the Falcons have another big showdown coming up with New Orleans in New Orleans. So um, to get this game um, and improve to 9-5 um, uh, and five would, be, uh, would be massive for them. Um, I expect Matt Ryan to have a good game. Um, I think Julio Jones will finally have another big game um, against a, a really not so good Buccaneers defense. So uh, Take the Falcons here. Uh, they they should win this game comfortably. Uh, Hunter, you know, when I started kind of inviting you to come on and, and do your own set of picks, I, I wanted you to learn uh, my apprentice. I oh. have the force uh, does not ever, you know, the dark side of the force is there also, and teams can come up and bite other teams in the backside. Um, this, and, and I agree. I, I would say Atlanta's a great uh, pick if you want to make up uh, – or if you, you, you want to camp off your weekend, you want to make up some money, uh, go ahead, take Atlanta. It's minus six and a half right now. Um, I always want to make money. Well, of course, we all do. But no game is comfortable, <laughs> Hunter. You ought to know all that right. by now. Uh, yeah. If you if you know anything, learn that. Okay. Uh, what's your uh, second game? 
So this is going to be a bit of a stretch. I usually stay away from these big point favorites, but guys, I, I'm taking the Saints minus 15, and I'm going to tell you why, Tom. Um, why, Hunter? The Jets. The, the New Orleans, of course, needs another big I mean, win. Hey. It's in New Orleans, and they're of course they're alive for the division race. And this is against the Jets team that is now without Josh McCown, who actually was having a pretty decent year somehow. I, I did not know how he was going to have that good of a year, which now means that uh, I think Bryce Petty is starting now for the New York Jets. And um, it's sad that I, act- I actually had to look up who was starting for the Jets because I did not know whether it was Petty or Hackenberg that was starting on Sunday. Um, Alvin Kamara is coming back. That is huge for the Saints. Huge, I tell you. And Drew Brees should have a really big game, I, I, I would think. It's at home. The Saints are great at the Superdome. The Saints' defense has improved, and I really think they, sh- I think they should have a field day with the Jets' offense, especially with Bryce Petty under center. Um, I don't think this game is going to be particularly close. Of course, I've been wrong many times in the past. But um, I'm going to go on a limb and say take the Saints minus 15. Uh, that's, that's my second pick. And, you know, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Okay. Uh, actually, not bad. I, I'm, I shy away from that 15-and-a-half point spread. But I'm telling mm-hmm. you, the Jets uh, – I think are kind of on the downside of this season now. Uh, you know, Josh McCown is actually going to be kind of a player coach this weekend. He's going to be uh, act as kind of like a quarterback coach uh, on the sidelines this weekend. So, you know, don't, don't give up on the Jets yet. No, of course the Saints are going to win this game. They're at home. They're against the team that's playing out the string. Uh, but I agree with you, 15 and a half points. That, that's a lot of points to give up. Um, it's tough to take, but it's not a bad pick. But just don't say that it's comfortable. Never say that it's comfortable. Never say it's comfortable. Okay. I got it. I got it. And my okay, last Ray. pick. Just <laughs> call me Kylo Ren or something or Snoke, whatever. Um, I mean, Ray is I, badass. I don't know why you don't want to be Ray. I haven't seen the latest movie. I'll get. I'll have to see if she actually got improved. But um. My last pick, guys, is Baltimore minus seven over the Browns. The poor Browns. I'm seeing them, guys, in two weeks against my Pittsburgh Steelers. My wonderful girlfriend got me tickets. Shout out to her. Um, but uh, I think – okay, I'm not going to say comfortable. I'm not going to say easy. But I think this is a game that everyone sh- – that people should pick because the Browns are awful. Um, the Sean Kaiser against uh, uh, the Baltimore defense, not a good matchup. The Ravens feast on these kind of quarterbacks. And did you guys see that awful collapse by the Browns last week, guys? Oh, I really thought they could have Yeah, done that it, was their big st- shot. That yeah, was their chance. Shot. But, 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 guys, they still have the Bears to play. So that, that, that they, the Bears could give them the win there. But um, it's just I, I, feel, I feel bad for them. Um, the Packers ended up saving me for a pick last week, but Baltimore also needs this game for playoff implications. So to lose this, that would be kind of pretty embarrassing if you ask me. Uh, Joe Flacco is 16-2 all-time versus Cleveland. Um, that's probably his best record against any opponent, um, considering he's just not a good quarterback. But I think <laughs> this is this is a good pick. So, um, yeah, the, the Browns are going to fall to 0-14, and 
I'm, I think I'm going to say, guys, they're going to go 0-16 in title lines this year. I'm saying it. I'm, it's going to happen. Very well could, because I am actually recommending the Ravens minus 7 at Cleveland myself. Uh, yeah, the Ravens are right. in, just incredibly tough on defense, and I think they're going to give uh, Kaiser all kinds of problems. Um, I do think Cleveland has started making a move in the right direction, picking up John Dorsey as their general manager. And one of the first things, (laughs) you know, Gordon is playing outstanding considering he hadn't played in two seasons. So it's amazing. Imagine what that guy would be if he actually cared. Oh, I think he does care, Dave. Uh, This is a guy who had a lot of problems is admitted to having a lot of problems. And okay. has finally cleaned up his life, and I think he's really going to be able to show what he's made of uh, if he can stay on this path. So yeah. I, I really do root for Josh Brown to keep going the way he is. And But I do think Baltimore, with their defense, uh, again, one of the toughest defenses in the NFL, and I'm going to have a hard time seeing the Cleveland Browns coming within seven points in this game, uh, even though they're at home. My other two ga- my other three games real quick. Uh, the Carolina Panthers minus three hosting the Packers. This is the one I have probably Ooh. had the roughest time on. However, the the Panthers are number seven in the league against the pass, number two against the rush. Green Bay cannot rush. They're going to have to pass. Uh, that leaves a lot of room for uh, for Carolina to kind of stay with the they win a normal, you know, four-man rush, and uh, and and go ahead and uh, flood the, you know, flood the passing lanes. And I I don't think, you know, Rodgers is going to be rusty. To, you know, say what you will. Green Bay's been tough, but but Rodgers is coming back from a shoulder injury. It's going to be rough on him. I'm saying uh, Carolina is going to be trying to keep pace with the with the Saints. I know Green Bay is trying to keep their their playoff hopes alive, but uh, I am taking Carolina minus the three uh, hosting the Packers in Carolina. My next game, Jaguars minus 11 hosting the Texans. Uh, Boy, taking the Jaguars at double digits is not easy, but again, (laughs) you have a top defense in the NFL and they are going to be facing TJ Yates. TJ Yates. Let me say it again. T.J. Yates, uh, third-string <laughs> quarterback. Uh, Houston is also going into this game with 11 players on the questionable list, including their top two running backs and Jadavian Clowney. So, you know, they, they're kind of going into this game with not only uh, their hands tied behind their backs, but probably both legs tied behind their backs. They're, they're just <laughs> hog-tied going into, Jackson, uh, going into Jacksonville. Take Jacksonville minus the 11 because I, I really don't see the Texans being – even with – you know, I feel so bad for DeAndre Hawk, Hawk, uh, Hopkins because oh, yeah. the, the, the guy is such an incredible wide receiver. I He could be – you could be talking about Hopkins in the same breath with Antonio Brown if he actually ever uh, had a quarterback and, and he had one earlier with Watson, but who could stay healthy. Uh, yeah. My final right. game is going to be Buffalo Bills minus three hosting the Miami Dolphins. Oh man! 
And Hunter, the Dolphins, I mean, Ray, the Dolphins played their Super Bowl <laughs> last Monday night. Okay, and they had they avenged an 18-point loss to the Patriots. Uh, they were also facing the Patriots team without the Gronk. Uh, Buffalo has Tyrod Taylor back this week. Uh, they're still clinging to a wild-card spot in the AFC. Only three points. Go ahead, put those three in your pocket. Or, you know, go ahead and lay those three against Miami because I think Miami comes out flat after, after you know, their, their Super Bowl, their, their best game of the season against one of the top teams in the AFC. And uh, they, they've, they've kind of blew it all last on Monday night. Yeah, they're coming off on the short week too. So Bills oh, minus man. three, Jaguars minus 11, Carolina Panthers minus the three, Ravens minus the seven, Luke. Master Thomas Skywalker prediction. <laughs> oh, jeez. It'd be so much. Hey, you guys remember when TJ Yates won a playoff game? He beat the Bengals. <laughs> Everybody beats well, the Bengals in a playoff I gonna, game. I was going to say, yes. Everybody know, beats yeah. the and Bengals then, in the playoffs. But, that, but that, Tom, you got to remember, it's the Bills, baby. Bills Mafia. You, you never know with the Bills. Oh, yeah, he, I like he the Bills. He picked the Bills. Week. I did pick the Bills. Yeah, Bills might. I know. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, uh, I, said, I, I yeah, heard I the Bills it. are ordering up another snowstorm too, so that should help. Oh man, that was so fun. Yeah, yeah. We'll be talking more about that snowstorm in our next segment, guys. Uh, great picks. Take those to the bank, as we always say. Um, you know, we say that with a little <laughs> bit of sarcasm, but uh, still a lot to come on the show. We got about uh, fifteen Dave, minutes. Dave. Yeah. One real quick thing, you know, last week, the way Hunter and I performed, this is why the only people who ever make money in sports betting is the sports books. So, you know, it, you know, these are for entertainment purposes. I, I wouldn't say, but, <laughs> you know, I, I think I've given you some great picks, but boy, you know, this is why, you know, the, the, the books are the only ones that make consistent money week to week. Well, that's why I said, you know, we only say it with a little bit of sarcasm, take it to the bank, right? Just a little sarcasm? Yeah, okay. Yeah, whatever. I'll get, I'll get Tom back this week. R- wrong you will be, Tom. Not with those picks. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> you just wait. You just wait, oh. uh, my, my Jedi apprentice. Oh, All right, we officially have to hit a commercial now, guys. Uh, We're still waiting for that (laughs) caller. If you're listening to the show, give us a call, 516-387-1417, or anybody else for that matter. We'd love to talk to you. You can also tweet at us, at WKD Sports Huddle. When we come back, we'll get to uh, a Baseball Hall of Fame discussion in a little bit. But coming up next, real deal or overreaction? Publishing your book shouldn't be rocket science, should it? Well, if you're an author looking to publish may be overwhelmed by the entire process. Rocket Science Productions is here to help. Rocket Science Productions has been an independent publisher since 2007 and has over 100 titles published, priding ourselves on our personal touch. We walk our authors through every stage of the publishing process, from copyright protection and registration to professional editing to book layout, printing, marketing, and distribution. Rocket Science Productions is your one-stop shop for all of your publishing needs. 
Rocket Science Productions is always looking for new authors of books for all ages and across all genres. If you are looking to be published, look no further. To learn more and to submit your manuscript for consideration, visit our website, www.rocketscienceproductions.com. And we're back here on WRSP Radio's Weekend Sports Huddle. Tom Pollan, Hunter Hodes, I'm Dave Holcomb. Today's show is brought to you by author Marcus Accio. Learn the secret of the human mind and the laws of the universe that will guide you towards wealth and health. Learn more at www.marcosaccio.com. Real deal or overreaction, guys? Let's go through it somewhat quickly so we have enough time to talk about the Baseball Hall of Fame. I know we have uh, quite a few topics to get to with the, the hall, our Hall of Fame discussion. But uh, a few things first in real deal overreaction. We got a baseball one as well that was added late to the rundown. This one should be good. But first, that Blizzard Bowl that I mentioned, Bills Colts game was the coolest matchup of the year. Real deal or overreaction? Real deal. Oh my goodness! I, I was just sitting in my room, just and I had to put on my Xbox because um, my uncle has an NFL Sunday ticket and he gave me his password and. That was the part, that was the the best game I think I've watched all year. Did you guys see how the punts were happening? They punted the ball and then it would go flop and it would just stop and then <laughs> it was awesome. And then did you guys see Adam Vinatieri's extra point? That was the yeah. best extra point I think I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I you know I I love games where you, you really get the weather. Uh, the weather becomes a part of the game because that really forces teams to to kind of fall back uh, on the basics. You really see what teams can do uh, basics as far as running, blocking, uh, playing defense, pursuing. And I, I know it takes a lot of offense out of the game, but it is so much fun. I, did I ever tell you guys I was at the Fog Bowl game between the Bears and the Philadelphia Eagles. So, really? When, 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 when it really was. was, when uh, was boy. Yeah. Uh, long before you were born, Hunter. Let's, let's put <laughs> okay. it that way. 1988, is that right? Yeah, I was sitting up in the, in the uh, northeast corner of the stadium. And wow. I watched the fog roll in over the edge of the stadium and just, just kind of filled, filled Soldier Field like a bowl and and uh, I could only see the corner of the end zone, like the, the goal line and the end zone. So, you know, you, you heard stuff going on on the field, but you had no idea what was happening. Uh, it, it was wild. But it, it's fun, that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, I, I say, yeah, definitely coolest game of the year. I had a rooting interest, actually, in that one. I had the Bills in my Survivor League, and once again, I survived. I am 14-0, guys, going for the – I'm going for the wow. reverse rounds. The reverse you know, rounds. And, hell of it is, with Peterman quarterbacking in that game, I really didn't think the Bulls would win. So, uh, but, you it, know – It's the cold. It, it, it came back down to basics, as I said, and LaShawn McCoy ran – Real well, the Bills had the best running back on the field. Yeah, so maybe the snow benefited me. I don't know. I, I didn't have any good teams to pick. Buffalo was my best pick of the teams I had left last week. So should be in better shape the next three weeks, but you never know. Nothing's easy, right, Hunter? No, yeah, nothing's easy. 
All right. Let's keep going here in real deal overreaction. Marvin Lewis's tenure as Bengals head coach must finally, finally end. Tom? Oh, man. Oh, it's got to be real deal. I mean, he's got to be out in, in Cincinnati. If he's, you know, if he's still coaching there next year, you got to get rid of Mike Brown. Oh. <laughs> and he's the son of the team's founder. So, oh, yeah. but Marvin Lewis has to be gone. Uh, the Bengals have got to start over. Hunter, I, I want to hear your argument for Marvin Lewis. Oh, well. Keep him as long as he wants. The Steelers will always beat him. I, I love the Bengals, guys. They're so fun to beat, and I love seeing their fans so upset up in Cincinnati. Um, yeah, I hope he stays forever. I hope they build a statue of him. I hope after like he long years after he like finally passes away, there's like a, there's like a ghost that comes back and haunts the franchise. I, I hope it all happens, but. Um, it's probably real deal. If Mike Brown keeps him, I think there's not going to be anyone that goes to Bengals games next year. I think a lot of people are going to sell their season tickets. Um, but, yeah, like I said, keep him forever. Um, build a statue. Um, I hope he comes back and haunts the team when he, uh, in many, many years from now. And um, th- that'll be great. The, the, the year is 2055, and they haven't won a playoff game since 1991. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, we'll get to more uh, head coaching debates in the future weeks. That should be fun. Uh, we, I, I definitely agree. I think Lewis is out. It sounds like we all agree. Fox is out, and I'm sure there'll be others in the next couple of weeks. Uh, one baseball one here to end real deal over reaction. If the Pirates complete a Garrett Cole trade to the Yankees, it's their admission that their goal for next year is no longer to win a championship. <clears throat> Some reason I think this was a dig at uh, Pirates president's comment about how their goal this year was to win a championship. David, I, I you are it. absolutely right. That <laughs> was a dig at at the Pirates owner uh, yeah. because Garrett Cole to the to the Bronx, uh, and apparently they're looking to get back uh, Clint Frazier and yeah. uh, and one of the Yankees prospects. Uh, no, that. They are, they're out of the running for, uh, for the NL Central. Not, not that I really had given them a lot of, <laughs> a lot of <laughs> not that you were at the top of my list of contenders, but, but if you're going to trade, you know, your ace to the, uh, you know, you're not looking to, you're not looking to, to, to win a championship. And, uh, right. you know, it, that's, you know, the Pirates owner, I forget his name, but, you know, you just talk all you want, but uh, that's not the actions you take. Yeah, I think that Frank Connolly said that. He's not technically the owner, but I think he's the president of the team, and, and he's part of the the laughing stock that is the Pirates front office. You know, it's funny that we bring the Pirates up right after the Bengals. I think there's a lot of comparisons there. but um, we Oh, don't... yeah, I was about to say that. We don't have enough time to get into all of it. So, um, and you know what? It'll just make me upset. So, you know, it's it's football season. I'm happy. The Steelers. Uh, you know, I don't want to think about the Pirates right now. So, um, we're just yeah. gonna pretend like they might not trade their ace pitcher and go to a commercial break. Um, we got a couple of Detroit. <laughs> we have a couple of Detroit Tigers players heading to Hall of Fame, guys. Uh, but did they deserve it? 
We will end today's show with a Hall of Fame debate for Alan Trammell and Jack Morris. WRSP Radio is the radio network you want to listen to with a variety of shows. From pop culture to sports to science and self-empowerment, you will find the shows you love with us. Broadcast from blogtalkradio.com forward slash WRSP and blogtalkradio.com forward slash WRSP Sports. You can also find us as an Apple iTunes podcast. So what are you waiting for? Take a listen to WRSPRadio.com. Welcome back to WRSP Radio's Weekend Sports Huddle with Tom Paul and Hunter Hodes. I'm Dave Holcomb. Today's show was brought to you by author Marco Sacchio. Learn the secret of the human mind and the laws of the universe that will guide you towards wealth and health. Learn more at www.marcosacchio.com. We have a few minutes left in the show, but I don't think we're going to take any more callers because uh, we have quite a bit to say about this uh, latest news with the Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, but we still want you to be a part of the conversation. Tweet at us at WKD Sports Huddle. You can also fo- follow us on Facebook. Search Weekend Sports Huddle. Give us a like. Join us. Join the conversation during the week. You could give us a topic for next week's show. So the Baseball Hall of Fame guys uh, elected Alan Trammell and Jack Morris last Sunday for uh, induction into the Hall of Fame. They were not voted in by the writers, the the normal way to get in. Uh, they were inducted uh, by the Baseball Hall of Fame uh, Modern Era Committee. Uh, which is a formation of managers, executives, umpires, and some players uh, that are in the Hall of Fame as well. I believe there's 16 members on that committee right now. Um, and we could debate for we could have debated the whole show about uh, these two candidate these two players getting in and their candidacies. Um, obviously, Hunter and I did not see either of these guys play. They were ending their careers when we were beginning our lives. Uh, so we, we kind of have to count on statistics for, for our debate, our part of the discussion. But, uh, Tom, I'm very curious to hear what you have to say because you did get to see these players play. And and I think Morris is, is consensus. The consensus is Morris was more deserving than Trammell. Trammell is definitely a a borderline guy that uh, can, can spar in a lot of debate because some people love that he's going in and then a lot of people think he is not deserving at all. The hall very yeah, good. I, I'm really on the fence with Alan Trammell because, uh, and I say, well, you know, definitely a leader of the the Tigers, and uh, you know, formed half of one of the top double play combinations for years in Detroit. I don't see the numbers that tells me that uh, Alan Trammell was a Hall of Famer. I'm sorry, I don't think he put up the career numbers. I don't think he was a consistent enough hitter. Uh, 285-352-415 is a slash line. Uh, doesn't cut it for me when it comes to Hall of Famers. I don't think he had enough uh, all-star game appearances. It, I just, I'm, I'm not a fan of, of Trammell going in. Now, Morris, Morris is one of the best big game pitchers I have ever seen uh, since I have been watching baseball. And I'm not going to tell you how long that's been. <laughs> but uh, uh, you look at Morris, you know, I've seen Bob Gibson, uh, Oral Hershiser, uh, Fernando Valenzuela, John Lester, you know, uh, Jake Arrieta. Uh, you guys love those last two, don't you? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I see those. Just, <laughs> the hell of them. Get out. I'm somewhat surprised but, uh, that those, those two are but, there. But. No, 
I mean, you go back to big picture like Bob Gibson. Bob Gibson might have been the biggest, but the best big game pitcher I have ever seen. And he played for the Cardinals. I couldn't stand the guy, but but you had to admire the talent. So, but you know, Morris was the same way. Morris had some incredible postseason games. He had some incredible seasons. And I think as we get into the modern era of Hall of Fame voting, you're going to have to kind of change uh, the way pitchers are judged and the way pitchers are ranked next to each other. Uh, Considering you're going to have to look at more than wins and losses to be able to judge a pitcher, um, uh, pitcher's career and, and how, you know, their, their effectiveness. Well, I think the argument against Morris, though, was more his ERA. 390 career ERA was hurt by the last two seasons he pitched. He had a 619 ERA in 1993 and a 560 ERA in 1994, and that elevated it up to 390, which rather high for a Hall of Famer, but um, he, he had some better seasons earlier in his career, and, and ERA has to be looked at differently as well. He pitched at a different time than today. ERAs are much lower today than they were in the 1980s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, you look at the overall effectiveness. He had his, you know, couple 20 wins, uh, led the league and wins a few times, but yeah, I, I, I don't know how you leave him out. Uh, as I say, you know, if you wanted to go into a big game and gave me a chance, uh, to, you know, with one pitcher, you know, winner take all, Morris would be right at the top of my list as far as guys I would want to take. So, you know, that, that that's how good and that's how much I respected him and how much I enjoyed watching him as a, uh, as a pitcher and, uh, you know, watching his career. Never won the Cy Young guys, but he finished in the top 10 in Cy Young voting seven times. And uh, that's kind of speaks to the consistency that he had throughout his career. And uh, just a little bit of statistics backing that point that he was a great uh, big game pitcher, 2.00 ERA in the 1984 World Series, 1.17 ERA in the 1991 World Series with the Twins, and he bested John Smoltz pitching a complete game shutout, 10 innings in Game 7 of the Twins' victory over the Braves in that World Series. Real quick to Alan Trammell, he was a six-time All-Star, four-time Gold Glove winner, three-time Silver Slugger winner, finished second in the MVP voting in 1987, but I tend to agree with you, Tom, Never led the league in any offensive category except for um, sacrifice hits. It's the only thing he ever led in <laughs> offensively. Uh, only 2,365 hits, 185 home runs, and he played for 20 years. So I, I tend to agree that, yeah, he had a long, successful career, but uh, wasn't even able to – can't even call him a compiler because he didn't really compile that uh, impressive of numbers. But Really uh, didn't, no. So I, I would I would say Trammell's in the Hall of Very Good, but uh, you know. Yes. Uh, real quick before we end today's show, um, there's something of note that that Tom wants to talk about uh, a, a a snub in the Hall of Fame uh, voting from the committee. Well, and it, this is a snub that's been going on for years, and I'm getting sick of it because you know I think there's there's a lot of. Um, animosity towards Marvin Miller and the way he led 
the Major League Players Association. Uh, he was first head of that uh, players union. And he only received seven votes from, from this uh, modern com- you know, era committee. Uh, this guy had more to do with changing baseball than, than practically any commissioner or any player. Uh, basically, any, anybody off the field than, than anyone in history. And, you know, this is a guy who struck down the reserve clause. The reserve clause, you had a player had to play for his team. A player could not be a free agent. Uh, you could retire or you could be traded. That's the only way you got to play for another team. Uh, Miller was finally able to keep the players together. They busted out the reserve clause and brought in the era of free agency. And you got to say the era of free agency, look at what it's done for the game. Um, and why it, it, it's amazing that, that this guy is, is one of the reasons why the game is so uh, is that it's po- still at its popularity and reached a new heights of popularity because of Marvin Miller. And I'm getting sick of seeing him ignored for the hall of fame. Uh, you know, Miller <clears throat> baseball is the only sport without a, a salary cap. That's because of Miller. Uh, yeah. You know, the, the football, football, uh, you know, what Gene Upshaw was uh, the head of the players union, uh, the 87 lockout, he couldn't keep his players in line. Uh, 15% of his players chose to cross the picket lines and went back and joined the replacement players. You're not going to get any considerations that way. Miller had every star in the game. Uh, and every 25th man on the roster all pulling in the same direction to try and get uh, better conditions for the players, try and get them more revenue that that basically they earned. I mean, they were the game. Uh, so it, it's just it, inconceivable to me that Marvin Miller has not been, uh, it, it was not uh, elected to the Hall of Fame uh decades ago. Hunter, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but uh, for someone, for people, for fans our age, I would imagine that most of us feel that it's impossible to imagine this game or any sport without free agency. It's, it's unfathomable mm-hmm. to, to imagine that a player would not have the right to go to a different team at the end of his contract. Oh yeah. I, I couldn't imagine that. <clears throat> Sorry, I could I literally could just not imagine that today. It would I would love to see the takes on uh Twitter if that were the case today, Dave. I think they would be uh pretty hot. <laughs> uh, guys, I want you to look up three names. I'm gonna uh, quiz you on this next week. Kurt Flood no, not again. Kurt Flood, F L O O D, Andy Messersmith, and Dave McNally. So those were the guys people? those were the guys who Miller worked with and ended up uh, being kind of the the cornerstones of the free agent movement in baseball. I've never even I, heard I, of these three. I, I know Kurt Flood. I'll look up the other two. Yep. Uh, I got to look up all three. Yep, you got to look <laughs> up all three. That's the end of our show this week. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next Saturday, 10 a.m. Eastern Time.